What's up, guys? This is End Time Headlines. We're going to talk about today sodomy in the capital of the United States. A new poll has just been released saying there's a record number of men and women who now have no problem with multiple partners, multiple spouses. And then another article today that is telling us that a new pandemic is coming to America It is not a virus, it's not a disease, it's not a sickness. The next pandemic is a pandemic of inactivity, what the Bible calls idleness. I'm going to show you today that this is exactly the sins that plagued an ancient city in the Old Testament that resulted in its judgment and destruction, and America is following exactly in the same footsteps, and how much longer will God deal with this. Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, guys, we want to welcome you to tonight's program. It is Thursday, the December, it's December the 21st, and we welcome you to tonight's program. Listen, if you're your first time joining us, let us know in the comment section below, right there in the chat room on YouTube or on Rumble, whatever platform you're watching, let us know that you're new and this is your first time you're joining us on tonight's program. And again, we want to welcome all of our new viewers from Facebook. They're not really new to the program, but they're new to this platform. We welcome you to our family here on YouTube. Uh, we'd love for you guys to join us here in the chat room, be a part of this great family of believers here at End Time Headlines. Again, I'm Ricky Scaprell, the founder Uh, the voice and the pastor of End Time Headlines. Uh, And again, if you guys have not downloaded our free app, I want to encourage you to do that tonight. Again, it's available on Apple and Android devices, um, and it's available at your Play Store, depending on what that looks like for you. Get it today, download it today, hit yes to push notifications, and you're going to be good to go with every headline, every podcast, when it is readily available. And of course, be sure to smash the like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification. This is going to push our material out there on these platforms. So as you heard me say at the beginning of this, guys, look, I didn't intend to do, it's almost like we're doing a whole series on this this week because we've been on this vein for the last couple, maybe two or three podcasts, but we're just getting more and more revelation on this. There's more information coming out. And as a watchman, I feel like there is a necessity to have these discussions. Again, the the type of content that we're going to talk about today, this is not for everybody. If you are one who is accustomed to a cotton candy lollipop sugar-filled sermon or sermonette that never offends, never ruffles feathers, keeps your head buried in the sand, and does not want to address the things that are going on in the nation, in the world, and in the church, this is not going to be the podcast for you. This is not going to be, I would venture to say, this is not the ministry for you. We get these emails, we get these messages all the time, always constantly complaining about our content, and there's no hope, there's no uh, there's no redemptive uh, uh, hope or any of this stuff, which is absolutely not true. The problem is, They stick around for 10 minutes, they don't like the content, and then they leave, and they don't stick around to the end, because I promise you, 
We give you the whole picture, and we give. And if you stay to the end, we're going to give you the good news of the gospel. So we always start with the bad news. We end with the good news. Come on, somebody. So I know all of you, uh, all of you regular viewers understand this, but if you're new, just going to give you the forewarning of this. All right, let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. I want to remind you and remind our audience, everybody that's listening today. We want to remind you that we, according to the Apostle Paul, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're dealing with principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So when you see all of the stuff that's transpiring, especially the things that we're going to talk about today, I don't want you to get this mentality and this attitude of, of lashing out on a certain individual or a certain, maybe a certain party, a certain political leader, a certain political figure, this and that. Because again, principalities work through personalities. And we got to understand that if they're not spirit filled, born again, then they are a host or a vessel that's being used as a puppet by these, again, these demonic spirits who are pulling the strings. Ultimately, it's the puppet master who is Satan, who is orchestrating the whole thing. So again, what are we saying? We're not, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood here. We're dealing with demonic spiritual warfare. Demons are running rampant in America. They're running rampant in Europe. They're running rampant around the world right now. They're controlling every aspect of life, the entertainment industry, the art industry, the they're 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 they're, they're controlling the government systems of the world. They're controlling every aspect of life. And those who are born again, spirit-filled in the word, know the word, in tune with God and in tune with the Holy Spirit, they understand these things. The Bible says the natural man does not understand, comprehend, or receive the things of God, nor can he, nor can he understand or discern them, but the spiritual man, the man, the individual who is born again and born of the spirit, it's like God lifts the veil and now you become fully aware that when you look upon the horizon, you look out here, you then have an understanding of what Paul said, that this is simply the acts of demonic activity. Now, okay. I want you to go with me. We're going to go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 16, the book of Ezekiel 16, 48 through 50. This right here is... The this is the list of if you ever wanted to know what were the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah, what were the sins of the cities of the plains? What was it that angered the Lord to the point where the cup of indignation of the wrath of God became full and he poured out his judgment upon the cities of the plains, which, by the way, according to the Apostle Paul, became examples of. To us today, present tense, here is the list of it. We always equate Sodom and Gomorrah with sexual immorality. But we overlook all these other sins. But today, I want to show you why we don't want to just give you an example of modern day America 
as in modern day Lot or Sodom and Gomorrah, the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, because of maybe because of gay marriage or the rampant rampantness of homosexuality or transgenderism or all these other uh, these manifestations of sexual immorality and perversion and, and evil spirits having their heyday. We could. Yes, we could point to that, but we've got to, it does a great injustice by us not getting the full picture. So that's why I want to show you this Ezekiel 16. 48 through 50, if you're following by Apple or by Spotify, that's where we're at. We're going to be reading from the New King James. As I live, saith the Lord God, neither your sister Sodom nor her daughters have done as you and your daughters have done. Look, verse 49, look. So he said, pay attention. This was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. Now he's talking about, again, Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities of the plains here. This was the iniquity. What are they? Look what it says there. She and her daughter had, ready, pride, fullness of food. Now, the King James, I believe, says fullness of bread, abundance of idleness, nor did she strengthen her hand to the poor and needy. She was haughty and she committed abomination. There Again, if, if you're taking notes, there is six sins that God called iniquities. What were they again? If you're taking notes, pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness, failed to strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. They became haughty and they committed abomination, which again, translation, sexual immorality, again, that included all forms of that, bestiality, sodomy, homosexuality, uh, fornication, adultery, the whole list is right there. That's, that's about uh, sexual immorality. These, it, God called it an abomination. All of these things are here. Now you say, well, Brother Ricky, why did you show us this? Well, it's imperative that you see this when I take you on the journey that I'm taking you on tonight. So let's start that journey right now. So as you know, recently there was a recent report that uh, that came out where a high-profile Senate sex scandal rocked Washington, D.C., uh, where in which there was a senior staffer in the office who uh, committed sodomy committed the act of sodomy in the U.S. Capitol. And developing on Capitol Hill, a U.S. Senate staffer who worked in Maryland Senator Ben Cardin's office is out of a job after video allegedly shows him having sex inside of a Judiciary Committee hearing room. Aiden May Swarovski re reportedly recorded himself in the act. Uh, Senator Cardin released a statement confirming that he is no longer employed by the U.S. Senate but did not elaborate any further. That's uh, the U.S. House quietly investigated a separate sex tape scandal. In other words, let me just read this to you here. The high-profile Senate sex scandal that rocked Washington, D.C. this month was, in fact, the second time in less than two years that sexually explicit videos filmed in the U.S. Capitol prompted an investigation. According to a spokesperson, uh, from, again, out of Washington, confirmed that reports of perpetrated 
unbecoming behavior by a senior staffer in the in their office triggered an investigation last year. They added that, quote, no conclusive evidence was found. Gee, what a shock. The staffer who Semaphore is not naming denied he participated in explicit videos and disputed elements of the office characterization of the episode in a telephone interview and a series of text messages. He said he was informed of the investigation in June of 2022 but told by but told by the congressman in July that it had ended with quote no evidence to the allegation he said he left in the fall of 2022 on good terms for unrelated reasons to take a job outside of Washington DC the congressman praised his work in material announcing his hire Again, the report goes on to say that one thing is clear, and that is the fact that a second set of capital sex videos have been circulated on Snapchat last year. They featured in the Snapchat story of a user going by Adam J., uh, with the handle Ann Jackson 2019, according to the recordings viewed by Semaphore, which were provided by a source. One of the videos watched by Semaphore featured a man committing a sexual act on himself inside a house office building, which was identifiable by standard capital house furniture and carpeting. The desk at which the video videographer performed also held a branded congressional mouse pad. A screenshot of a second video obtained by Semaphore shows two men engaged in a sex, a sex act in an office setting. So I want you to think about this, guys. This is not once, but twice this has happened in a, in a period of 24 months. And now this also comes on the heels of in 2015 under Barack Obama, when the legislation was passed for same-sex marriage, that the White House took it upon themselves. First time in history, they, they lit up the entire White House with the colors of the LGBTQ or the, the gay flag. Now, again, this, again, in direct defiance of God, shaking their fist of God from the highest place of office in the United States, in Washington, You've got these these deplorable acts taking place inside the Capitol building. No shame, no blushing, no remorse, no repentance. And when you, a friend, when you see that happening, when you see stuff like that happening, I'm telling you, the cup of the indignation of the wrath of God is becoming full. And look, I'm telling you this, let me go to... Very familiar passage, Luke 17, verse 26 through 28. Luke, we'll go down, to, let's do 29. Luke 26, again, Luke 17, 26 to 29. And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, drank, married wives, given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Verse 28, likewise, as it also was in the days of Lot, they ate, drank, bought, sold, planted, built. Verse 29, but on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire, brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the son of man is revealed. Listen to me. It doesn't take a biblical scholar to read that. And interpret that as in the Lord Jesus Christ himself telling a generation 
that if, if, if you want to know what to look for that is going to be a major indicator that the Son of Man is about to come back, that the eastern sky is about to split, that the trumpet is about to blast, that if you want to know a major sign is you go back to the days of Noah, days of Lot, look at the sins that were transpiring, look at the attitudes, look at the mentality, look at the conditions of the earth, and it will and it will replicate itself in the last days with a final generation that will be alive in the earth before the coming of the Lord. And look what is uh, look around, friend. How much more evidence do we need? Well, Brother Ricky, this has always been, I know, people's going to comment, well, this has been going on for thousands of years. Yes, listen to me. And the civilizations that began to practice this as a normal part of their society, those civilizations have expired. They have, they have been taken over. They were conquered. They have been destroyed. They've deteriorated from within. And here we are, America, and America is on borrowed time. And again, America is not exempt from these very things happening to them, my friend. Now, look, let me address all the people. Again, we get these comments. And they're like, well, you sound like you're angry. You sound like you're mad at the church. You sound like you're angry at people. Look, I am not angry. I'm not mad. But do I have righteous indignation? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. If you think that I'm just going to sit back and see these things happening and just and, and sit idly, never say anything about it, don't rock the boat, don't say anything controversial, don't warn anybody about it, just ignore it and just preach, preach the feel-good, humanistic, uh, just preach encouragement, Brother Ricky, all we want is encouragement. Well, listen, I'm going to encourage you. I want to encourage you with the reality. Listen, this is your wake-up today. You want a wake-up call? You got one. This preacher is going to give you a wake up call. It, I don't care. Listen, the preachers can comment in below and they are, and they're going to, they're trying to try to convince you. These are these kingdom. Now these reformed theologists, these new, uh, apostolic reformation preachers, they all say the same thing. They parrot each other and they all say that the best is yet to come, that we're, we're going to perfect the kingdom that we're going to conquer the seven mountains of influence. We're going to, the church is going to take over the education mountain. They're going to take over the, the arts and the entertainment. They're going to take over the offices of the government. Let, let me ask you a question. You guys have been preaching that for how many years? How's that working out for you? Look around you. Have you conquered those industries? Do you think you've conquered the arts and entertainment industry? Look what's being perpetrated in Hollywood. And the movie industry, the music industry, you think you see God in that? Because I don't. Is there a fringe remnant of of individuals there? Sure, but they're not. They're definitely not conquering it. You you think they're in the education industry, and the education mountain? We'll talk about that in just a second. You you think that God has taken over the government of the United States? God has a man of, of God setting in the highest place of office, running the country through the Holy Spirit. You actually believe this stuff that you're preaching? So listen, the, let me give you the reality. Things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. But watch this. Here, well, where's the redemptive hope? Here's the redemptive hope. 
As it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so shall it be at the return of the Son of Man. In the days of Noah and Lot, God had a remnant. In the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, God had a remnant. In the days of Noah, God spared the remnant. In the days of Lot, God spared the remnant. The conclusion is things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. But the redemptive hope is this, that if you're in tune with God, know God, have a covenant with God and serving God and stay faithful to God, then you're what's called the remnant. And if you're in the remnant, then come on. But the Bible says that Noah entered the ark and the judgment came. The Bible says that Lot was taken out of the place in which the judgment fell. And then the judgment came. So listen, I trust God that if if he's going to repeat history and told us to study these things and it's going to give us a clue of what's going to happen in the future, then I trust that the same God that spared Noah and his family, spared Lot and his family, is going to be well capable of sparing the remnant that's here in the earth today. That includes me, that includes you, that includes myself and my household, that includes yourself and your household. So that is the redemptive hope. My redemptive hope is not in whether certain uh, politician gets elected in office. My hope is not that one particular party wins the election. My hope is not that the stock market has a good year in 2024. My hope is not that some celebrity gets saved in Hollywood and begins a revival in Hollywood. That is not where my hope lies. My hope has always been in Christ and Christ alone. Come on, somebody. Do I have a witness today? That is the gospel truth. So having said that, we to, to say that we're not in the days of Noah and Lot, friend, I don't know how much more proof that we got to give you. Look at this story. You want to here's an, the most ignorant story I've ever read in, in this month. And that's saying something. This has got to be in the top three dumbest stories I've read all month. A Seattle student failed a quiz in school why did he fail the quiz for not showing up no for being tardy no he gave the wrong answer according to the teacher and here was the question seattle high schooler was just marked incorrect on a quiz for saying that only women can get pregnant uh there was a quiz on on understanding gender versus sex this was administered by a 10th grade ethnic studies world history teacher. What? What are they teaching in school? Ethnic studies world history at Chief Sealth International High School. And the student was marked wrong for answering the question that uh, all men have penises as a true statement and also marked wrong for saying that only women can get pregnant. So again, don't tell me that the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah has not crept into all facets of society when you see that kind of nonsense guys i'm telling you what more proof do you need when someone fails a quiz because they answer uh, they answer according to actual biology and it's and they fail it are you kidding me how about this one christian teachers are still locked out of their own classrooms after refusing to lie to their to the children's parents what what's this about According to the report, two Christian California teachers are advancing legal action against a school district over its gender policy, which a lawsuit alleges compels teachers. Look at this. I'm going to highlight this. 
this gender policy compels teachers to lie to parents about students' secret gender transitions. In other words, the teachers are told to keep their mouth shut if they have students, even if they're not even at the age of a, that it's appropriate for them to make that decision about their gender transition. But if they are, if their students want to make these changes and they have a desire to, the teachers are being told to keep their mouth shut. Don't tell the parents about what these students are conspiring to do to themselves. This is unbelievable. Plaintiff Lori Ann West is a devout Christian and Elizabeth Mirabelli is a devout Roman Catholic. Both work at Rinson Middle Middle School. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Rinson or Rinkin Rinson Middle School in the Escondido Union School District. Both requested religious accommodation from the district regarding parental notification for the transgender policy. This is according to the suit. Quote, I just looked around the room like, is this real? This is really happening? This seems crazy. This seems like the school wants to take over to be the parent. And as a parent, I would not want that for my children. This is uh, West said on the moment she heard about the policy in an interview with Fox News Digital. We first heard about this policy, maybe it was a year and a half ago, two years ago at a staff meeting. And when we were told that we had to hide things from parents, I mean, I just looked around the room like, is this real? This is really happening? This seems crazy. This seems like the school wants to take over parental to be the parent. And uh, as a parent, I would not want that for my own children. And we had trainings that um, like slide presentations that went through and it, it specifically, one of the things that also really bothered us was that there was a disciplinary part of this policy that if we didn't follow it, we could possibly be written up and discipline, even leading to firing. Of course. And that, that, was really where I was like, this is so wrong. Um, I am a Christian and, and Elizabeth's Catholic. Um, I believe in the teachings of the Bible. They, they make our society what it is, that, that it runs smoothly. We follow the laws in the Bible, and that's a wonderful thing. And it seems like at my school, we have been put down for that, um, that they they want to stifle our voices. In fact, when this came out, I think one of us asked whether we could hang crosses in our rooms. And they said no. But you can hang any kind of flags you want and banners. Exactly. And right away, there was a discrimination against us from the beginning. We, you know, one of the things that happened directly after the meeting was I received an email from the counseling office and it had a long series of names of students in sixth, seventh and eighth grade. These kids are anywhere from 10 years old through 14 at the oldest. And it had all of their names and it said, these students are now going to be referred to by these other names and parents are not aware. So I was direct. I was directed by a fellow colleague to implement this policy, and I was 
I was very uncomfortable with that being, you know, Lori and I are veterans and this was a younger counselor and, you know, and she, she's just following the directives of our leadership. Um, but it put me in a, a situation which takes us to the issue of faith. So, um, you know, I have some core beliefs that are based on the Judeo-Christian tradition. I'm really clear about certain things that are right and wrong. And one of those things would be withholding material information about the welfare of a child from their parents. I was unwilling to do that. And uh, I went to talk to my leadership and they said, you will be disciplined and eventually fired if you do not follow this policy. So I reached out immediately for legal defense because I didn't really have a lot of choice, but I'm very for we are very fortunate to be represented by the Thomas More Society. Now, guys, again, um, there is a purge happening. Uh, now, some of y'all know there there's there's a whole series out there of movies called The Purge, and I'm not going to get into that, you know, what that is. But there's a purge taking place, and it's a purge of again Christians who believe in the Bible, the whole Bible. And if you're in a place of if you're in a place of influence in, in as an educator, a school teacher in the health industry, healthcare industry and in a government position or any kind of position of influence. And you actually believe this book and you believe in the word of God. There's a purge happening where you're going to be pr- either you're going to be pressured. And ousted out of your position or you're going to be just flat out terminated. They're going to get, they want to get rid of you. Now, when I say they, again, we, again, what do we say? We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but these are demonic spirits working through these people of positions to target us who believe in the word of God. Why? Because it's offensive. And guys, we're going to see this more and more. A recent poll, we talked about this in another podcast. There was a recent poll conducted in the United Kingdom, over 2,000 young adults agreed with a statement that unless offending parts could be edited out of this book, then books containing what they perceive to be hate speech should be banned from general sale, even the Bible. Let me say that again. Of a, of a poll that was taken in the United Kingdom, over 2,000 Young people from 18 to 34 years of age all agreed that if there is portions, pages, scriptures, passages in this book, the Bible, that are deemed to be offensive and hate speech, then they agree that the Bible, even the Bible, should be banned from shelves bookstores, and even off Amazon or digital sales or any of it. So again, don't tell me there's not a purge taking place. Don't tell me that the enemy is working rampantly. And he, that there, that, you know, all these, again, I'm telling you guys, you've got to get your head out of the sand. 
If you're listening to these preachers and these teachers telling you that, you know, we're in this some type, we're living in this utopia and the best days are ahead of us. Listen, do I believe that the, the spirit of God's being poured out? Yes. Do I believe that revival is still happening in the earth? Yes. Do I believe that God's still operating in signs, wonders, and miracles? Yes. Do I believe that there'll be another outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Yes. Based on portions like uh, scriptures like Haggai and James chapter five, Joel chapter two. Yes, I agree with that. But this, but again, to tell you today that things are not going to get worse and get better, I would be lying to you based on this Bible. Here's another unbelievable story, but it's not unbelievable when you find out where it's from. But let me read this to you. Transgender swimmer, 50 years old. A 50-year-old transgender swimmer has completely sparked outrage in Canada after he was competing against teenagers and even sharing a locker room. Check this out. The 50-year-old man changing with 13-year-old girls. Do you have a record of sexual perversion? Protect me from these people. By the way, you mothers, you have no problem with a 50-year-old male showering with your daughters? No. You're not going to answer any questions? Or would you like to talk off the record later? I, I can accommodate that if you're afraid of cancel culture. All right, stop. How sad is that, guys? Uh, hit me up in the in the in the chat guys you guys are listening live in the chat here on youtube if if this was would you have a problem with this would you have a problem with your teenager sharing a locker room competing and swimming with a 50 year old transgender man because listen look this is unbelievable the response completely silent don't want to talk about it Guys, again, this is in Canada. This is coming to them. It's already here in America. But the reason why they're not saying anything because they're afraid to speak out. They're afraid of the consequences. And this is what this spirit is doing to the world. It's not just doing it to America. It's not just doing it to Canada. This spirit is silencing the voices of people around the world. You can't say anything against it. You can't react against it. You can't, you just have to sit down, shut up and keep your mouth shut. This is unbelievable, but this is what this spirit's doing. Watch this. You are breaking the rules. Now, okay. please, can you take that out of my face? I do not consent to be interviewed or on film. Okay. So please exit the building. Well, you're the star interview so far, so thank you for that. Are you going to do anything about a 50-year-old man showering with 13-year-old girls? That's against the law, actually. Do, do, do young ladies have any trouble with a uh, mature male swimming with the girls? Really? Yeah. No. No? Really? Okay. She goes in her changing room. I see her in the morning. Oh, okay. And she doesn't go in your gym She does. Oh, okay. You see, folks, this is exactly the problem. These are mothers. You'd think they'd be in mama bear mode, you know, a potential sexual predator. How else can you describe a 50-year-old man changing and showering with girls as young as 13? They don't care. I'm going to grab your names. Sure. I can ask why. And guys, I love Rebel News. If you've not, this is this is the remnant voice in Canada. I can't believe they're still up. I can't believe YouTube still has them out there. But you need to subscribe. Go and subscribe to their channel. They're great. Uh, they're a voice of truth in Canada, um, and that's who that is. They're the ones that reported the whole trucking, uh, the, the the truckers being shut down, everything that that uh, Trudeau 
pushed. Remember that in Canada, he uh, he put a freeze on their accounts and all that stuff. And Rebel News was on top of that. So this is this that's a great channel. But that again, this should stir you up. This should make you have a righteous indignation. Again, it's amazing how preachers will not talk about this stuff. Your pastors won't talk about this stuff. They're, they don't want to. They just, well, let's, let's not talk about that. That's just bad news. Let's just ignore it. We need us just to focus on the good stuff and never and just ignore all this stuff. Yeah. How's that working out for you guys? Now, you again, uh, Paul tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We're not telling you, we're, we're not saying you know, we're not talking about taking up this and doing that. I, I got to be careful with my language here. That's not what I am inciting and 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 and, and insinuating. What I'm saying is, we we've got a. You know, he says that uh, we we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against these principalities stuff. But he talks about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God of the pulling down of strongholds through prayer, through intercession, and raising your voice. Here's another one. Another Christian teacher fired for revealing her students' gender transition to her parents. Let me say that again. The teacher was fired because she revealed the students' gender transition to the teach or to the students' parents. And because they did it, because she did that, she was fired. Let's check this out. According to the report, Bonnie Manchester whom mass resistance reported as a Christian was sacked from a middle school in in Ludlow, Massachusetts back in 2021 after informing a female student's father that the school was secretly referring to his daughter as a boy. Two years on Manchester is filing, uh, two years on or two years later, Manchester is filing a $10 million lawsuit against the school board. Uh, current and former school district superintendents and several former school employees. One of the defendants, uh, the school's former librarian, is a woman who identifies as a man. She allegedly pushed books on children containing sexually explicit content. How would you? Oh, let me say that again. A former librarian from the school who was a woman and identifies as a man was secretly pushing children books that contain sexually explicit content. And it was either in the form of illustrations, explicit dis- d- uh, descriptions, or sexual activity, or both. According to the report, she prompted a gay lifestyle, others trans. Again, this is all according to the lawsuit. There was even an advanced, even an advanced view wherein gender confusion, sexual experimentation, promiscuity, All three were considered normal. And because the teacher was a whistleblower and she went and she come forward and raised her voice against this, according to the report, she was subjected to a years long bullying campaign and conspiracy that ultimately culminated in her termination. And by the way, the student was 11 years old. All right, guys, I want to move on to the next report. Look at this. Again, normal. What is normal society now was normal in the days of Noah and Lot. According to a new poll, there is a, quote, surprising number. Is it really surprising, though? Is it really? 
A surprising number of men and women are now open to multiple partners or spouses. This is absolutely the spirit of Sodom, guys. So much for monogamy. A new study by researchers from Swansea University in the UK reveals that a third of men and in, and one in 10 women are now open to having more than one romantic partner at the same time. The study, which involved 393 heterosexual men and women, uncovered varying levels of, quote, openness to these arrangements. And by the way, if you go and read the comments, when we posted this article on Intime Headlines on Instagram, we, most of our younger audience is on Instagram, and they had no problem with this. Self-professed Christians had no problem with this, and they quoted passages of the Old Testament. Again, the biblical ignorance is profound. Approximately 33% of men surveyed in the UK expressed a willingness to consider the idea of having more than one wife or long-term girlfriend in a committed partnership if it were legal and consensual. In contra- and by the way, it will be. If you think that they're not going to pass this and make this legal, then you are crazy. The uh, Pandora's box has already been opened, friend. It's only a matter of time. In contrast, only 11% of women indicated a similar openness to the concept of polygamous marriage. So this is predominantly men, but there are still women open to this. The research explored individuals' perceptions of committed partnerships in which they either shared their partner with others or shared themselves. The team examined two specific relationship models, which was uh, polygyny, where a man has multiple wives, and polyndry, where a woman has multiple husbands. Again, my friend, this should not be surprising to you if you know the Bible. We just talked about it. Again, the book of Ezekiel says that one of the six sins of Sodom and Gomorrah was abominations or sexual immorality. Now, remember, we also said that one of the other one of the other six sins going on that was transpiring in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, the days of Lot, was there was an abundance of idleness, an abundance of idleness. By definition, idleness is a state of laziness or inaction or inactivity. And according to this new report, look, I want to show you this headline, guys. Look at this headline, quote, pandemic of inactivity, the next crisis facing the U.S., This report says that there is a growing physical inactivity pandemic crisis in the U.S. Quote, the findings of the current investigation indicate a crisis within a crisis with respect to a physical inactivity pandemic in the U.S. In the U.S., on a national level, physical activity is unacceptably low and has not appreciably improved over the past decade, while high levels of social vulnerability and physical inactivity are concentrated in specific geographic regions. Now, as we've been going on, I've told you that these perverse, wicked spirits that were alive and well and still alive and well, that they were that they were around in the days of Noah and Lot and the days of Sodom and Gomorrah that were prevalent then, these same spirits, guys, are still active. They're still alive. They're still well today. And they're still influencing the cultures of this world and even in the church. When you go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul identifies these as deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And he said in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he said that there would come a time in the latter days that they would infiltrate the church and they would cause men of God and women of God 
to fall away. It says this in here. In 1 Timothy 4, the Spirit expressively says in the latter times, some will depart from the faith because they will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. This is exact. Here is an, uh, an absolute depiction of this this past week when Pope Francis, you know, the, the, the head cheese of the Catholic Church, has now voted or officially gave the word to allow priests to bless gay couples, but not to perform marriages or civil unions. Francis is formally allowing priests to bless same-sex couples in what is being called a monumental change for the Roman Catholic Church. The Vatican today included this in a new document that insists uh, people seeking God's love and mercy should not be subject to, quote, an exhaustive moral analysis to receive it. But... The document reaffirms that marriage is a lifelong sacrament between a man and a woman, and so it's not like priests can bless marriages or civil reunions. Now, Christian leaders chimed in uh, after this announcement. This is from Faithwire, quote, a disaster. Christian leaders sound off after Pope Francis gives green light to bless what God calls sin. Christian leaders are speaking out after Pope Francis granted the green light Monday for Roman Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples. The Reverend Franklin Graham, uh, who is the president of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and Samaritan Purse, posted a no-holds-barred criticism of the Pope, warning that blessings on homosexual couples won't save you from the judgment of God. Let's read this. Here is the actual Facebook post. Quote, so-called blessings from religious leaders won't save you from the judgment of God. Pope Francis has now approved Catholic priests blessing same-sex couples, but none of us, including the Pope, has the right to bless what God calls sin. Kudos to Mr. Franklin Graham. The good news is, is or no hold on let me read go, go back up here woe to those who call evil good and good evil he quoted isaiah five twenty. the good news is that right now god will forgive sin but we have come to him but we have to come to him his way on his terms by repenting of our sins and placing our faith in his son the lord jesus christ guys I cannot argue against anything he just said here. I cannot refute it. I don't disagree with anything Mr. Franklin Graham has said here. Otherwise, the Bible says, I love how he says the Bible says, this is not his opinion, the Bible says, the destruction of transgressors and of sinners shall be together, and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 28. Albert Moeller who is the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, called the statement from Pope Francis a, quote, disaster. Let me read this, quote, it's a disaster. I think on many fronts, but in particular, it's a disaster because the impact on this in the large culture is going to be is going to be to add momentum to the very forces that are tearing apart gender, tearing apart sexuality, tearing apart civilization, tearing apart marriage, tearing apart sexual morality, and all the rest. Again, he, he stated this on his Tuesday's episode of his podcast called The Briefing. Moeller went on to criticize Francis as a, quote, agent of suggestion, subversion of the Christian order by suggestion, arguing the Pope is charting a course for the Roman Catholic Church that appears to be designed to liberalize without being as obvious and upfront and perhaps even as honest as 
he should be about the liberalization. Quote, I think this is an indefensible statement in terms of the history of the Christian tradition and even in the history of tradition of the Roman Catholic Church. And more importantly, according to Scripture, he went on to say that the object here is to bless what I believe scripturally cannot be blessed and should not be blessed. And what even the Roman Catholic Church continues to teach is directly contrary to creation order and the expressed will of God. Guys, this is why. And by the way, this gives credence to why there's many theologians and scholars that appoint to a defective apostate pope as the candidate for the false prophet of Revelation 13 in the future that will rise to power and come alongside with the Antichrist. Because Revelation 13 describes him as a lamb with two horns that rises up out of the earth and he will have, and it's actually the false prophet that institutes the mark of the beast and orders the orders the people of the earth to create an image of the beast to be both worshipped uh, and submitted to. And if they don't, they'll be met with death. So again, the false prophet, there's a lot of scholars and theologians that believe that this false prophet will be a defective apostate pope that will rise out of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, I want to leave you with an interesting um, I'm going to leave you an interesting article. This is from the Epic Times. Look at this article. Now, for us, think about everything I just said here prophetically to get to there. Look what it says here. Religious leaders are joining the United Nations, the WEF, that's an acronym for the World Economic Forum. Again, they're joining this to push the global climate agenda. Let me read that one more time for you guys on Apple and Spotify. Religious leaders are joining with the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. What is the cause? What is the purpose to push global climate agenda? Global organizations have recognized the power of religion in pushing their agenda, but some religious leaders warn that it strays too far from the church. But there's others that are taking the bait. There's others that are warming up to it. They're, they're going to be, again, don't be surprised if they become the spokesperson for this stuff. The rec, according to this report, the recognition that religion can be a powerful tool when applied to selling the global warming narrative has been gaining traction at the UN and the WEF, where faith has traditionally been kept at arm's length. Listen to that. The global agencies are now welcoming Help from religious leaders fighting climate change. One of the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals for, again, here it is, Agenda 2030. And guess who happens to be one of those religious leaders that are taking the bait and rising up to be that voice alongside the UN and WEF? Pope Francis. What a shock. In fact, the UN heralded the news of Pope Francis' recent letter on climate change that, that uh, recently to all Roman Catholic bishops. This spiritual leader, think, listen to this, guys. Pope Francis is a spiritual leader to 1.36 billion Catholics. And the Pope sent out a letter urging them to combat 
climate change. Pope Francis challenging world leaders to fight global warming before it's too late. The pontiff telling the UN the world is quickly reaching a point of no return and steps need to be taken to prevent even more damage. This latest call is aimed at getting the UN to set binding targets during its next set of talks in Dubai. Pope said, quote, I urgently appeal then for a new dialogue about how we are shaping the future of our planet. And he wasn't alone, guys. Leaders of the World Council of Churches, Muslim Council of Elders, and New York Board of Rabbis all released statements in 2021 and 2022 saying that banks, pension funds, and insurance firms had a moral imperative to stop investing in fossil fuels. All of these, again, all of these religious organizations are pressuring financial institutions to invest in so-called renewable energy for children and future generations of life on earth. Now, this is very intriguing. Michael O'Fallon, is who is the founder of Sovereign Nations, which is a media website dedicated to the preservation of national sovereignty, spoke with the Epic Times about what he is seeing and called it a sinister development. Let me read this. The climate change agenda is part of the UN and WEF's quest to govern the world's energy and wealth. He said, quote, this is going to be all encompassing. It's going to change everything unless we completely stop it. He even went as far as to pointing to the Terra Carta, which is a document on people and planet rights modeled after the 808 year old Magna Carta and said this was evidence of a ready for this, a new world order. The bottom line is, guys. The, the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah is alive and well. It has infiltrated every section and every sector of our climate, of our culture, of our world, and now even in the church. All of the, the again, Paul identified these as seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. They're, all this is going to continue to, it's going to continue to grow and continue to expand, continue to spread its tentacles. And you're going to see this more and more. It's become the quote unquote new normal. And I want to leave you with Jeremiah six, very interesting passage of scripture. I want to share this with you today. If you have your Bible, listen to this, follow along with me here. Jeremiah six ten. to whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear. In other words, is anybody listening? Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot give heed. They're not paying attention. They're not listening. Jeremiah says, behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. They don't want to hear it. But Christians don't want to hear the word of the Lord. They don't want to hear warning. They don't want to hear watchmen. They don't want to hear the prophets. They have no delight in it, Jeremiah said. Verse 11, therefore, I am full of the fury of the Lord. Listen, if you think, Brother Ricky, you, I, some of you say, well, Brother Ricky, you're angry. You seem mean. You seem mad. Boy, you wouldn't want to listen to Jeremiah's warnings. Jeremiah says, I am full of the fury of the Lord. I'm weary of even holding it in. Why? Because no one's listening. No one's paying attention. They're ignoring it. Listen to what he says. I will pour 
it out on the children outside and on the assembly of young men together. For even the husband shall be taken with the wife, the age with him who is full of days. Verse 12, and their houses shall be turned over to others, fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand. Now he's speaking of thus saith the Lord here against the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. So now the Lord is speaking directly through Jeremiah. He's given warning. Listen to this verse 13. Why is the Lord going to stretch out his hand against the inhabitants of the land? Verse 13, listen and listen carefully because from the least of them even to the greatest of them everyone is given to covetousness and from the prophet even to the priest it's not just the people out there it's even the people in the church all of them are being given to covetousness even the prophet and the priest everyone deals falsely look at this they have also healed the herd of my people slightly saying peace, peace when there is no peace. Jeremiah is saying that these false prophets and, and, and where it says priests here, we're going to say pastors because this is more modern vernacular today. Well, we, we can say priest here, but we can use popes. We can use priests. We can use pastors. We can use shepherds. We can use bishops. We can use prophets. They are hurting the people of God today by tickling their ears, cradling them to sleep, cradling them into apathy and into lukewarm living and keeping their heads buried in the sand, telling them peace and peace and peace and peace. When Jeremiah says there is no peace, verse 15, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? There's no shame, guys. No shame anymore. When you see a Baptist church in Richmond, Virginia, that is hosting a drag queen concert, no shame. No shame. He says, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No. He's talking about the people out there, the, the common people. He's talking about the priest. He's talking about the prophets, the false ones. No shame. No, they were not all, they were not at all shamed. Look what it says here. Nor did they know how to blush. They, 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 there's no blush. There's no shame. There's no fear of God. There's no fear of repercussions. Here's the, this is the scary part, guys. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time, somebody said at the time. I didn't know I was going to do a part two to the message I did uh, two days ago, but I did. The Lord just got me in this vein. At the time, I will punish them. They shall be cast down, says the Lord. I want to say that again. At the time, in other words, translation, we, we look at this thing. David, come on. David looked upon in his day, and he said, and his, he wrote this in the book of Psalms. He said, how long, O God? How long shall the wicked prosper in their ways? When, God, when are you going to do something about this? When are you going to fight for the righteous? When are you going to stand up? When are you going to bring judgment? When are you going to pour out your wrath? When are you going to acknowledge what's happening in the earth? Jeremiah said by revelation, that God is not oblivious to it. God sees that there's no, there's no blush. He sees there's no remorse. There's no repentance. And he, he sees that these wicked leaders influenced by demons 
and the people, the common people, these wicked shepherds, pastors, prophets who are committing these acts of abomination with no shame, no fear of God, no no remorse. God says in the appropriate time, for there's a purpose and a plan for every season under heaven. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. There's coming a day. And Jeremiah says, you may think that they're getting away with it. God's going to turn an eye. God's not going to, God's not going to bring judgment. But Jeremiah says, the judgment is coming. Their punishment is coming. Am I gloating about this? No. Do I, do I wish for this upon anybody? No, I do not. I pray that the people repent. Guys, I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I don't want to see anybody get punished by God himself. I don't want to be punished by God uh, myself. I don't want to see any of you do that. But the word of the Lord cannot lie. And it stands true. So the bottom line is, guys, time is again running out. The day of the Lord is at hand. And on a personal level, guys, we have to make sure every single day that our heart is right with him, that our ways are right with him, that we're saved, we're born again, we're our names in the Lamb's book of life, we're, we're walking in covenant with him, that, that we can be washed. Then as Noah, we prepare an ark for the saving of our household. We Come on, we get our kids under, this, under the blood of Jesus. We get our wives, uh, we get our husbands, we get our whole household born again. We get them saved. We start serving actively in a, in a local church or in a body of believers like this, like you're seeing here online. Uh, we get in the word, get in prayer, get in his presence. And we do this. And when we do this, God recognizes us as a remnant. Not that he's going to remove the dangers, the turbulence, the trials, the disasters that are coming, but he will preserve those who are in covenant with him. He has a way of preserving and protecting and seeing us through just like he did in times of old. So listen, intimeheadlines.org, intimeheadlines.com. Guys, again, don't forget to hit the, hit the like button, hit the share button, push this, help us push this material out across uh, these algorithms and across these systems. Again, if you're not download a free app, it's going to be available on Apple and Android devices. Get yours today. Go to the Play Store, download it free today. Hit yes to push notifications and you're going to be good to go right at your fingertips with every headline and every podcast when it is readily available. And guys, of course, uh, I want you to pray about becoming a monthly partner. You can help us continue to remain strong and active today and you could do that two different ways. You can give electronically through the app or you can go and give by check or money order and you can make it out to right here at end time headlines p.o box 1391 that's going to be monroe georgia 30655 so listen we love you guys we appreciate you um but guys, uh, today is December the 21st. We'll be back here tomorrow, December the 22nd, but we will be off Saturday, Sunday, uh, and Monday is Christmas Day. So listen, Sunday. We don't, we don't come on here Sundays at all, but we're going to come on this Sunday. We're going to come on and do a special broadcast Sunday uh, because it's Christmas Eve. We're going to do a special encouraging broadcast, so you don't want to miss this. I'm not going to keep you long, maybe 30 minutes. We're going to go 30 minutes, and I've got a, a really good message that I want to share with you on Christmas Eve Sunday. So, again, we'll be off Saturday. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday, December 22nd. Be off on the 23rd, Saturday. Be back Christmas Eve. 
with a short, about 30-minute message, and then we'll, uh, we'll be off on Monday, Christmas Day, and we'll be right back here, Lord willing, in the studio on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. So until then, may the Lord bless you, may keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.